Hello, my fellow fucking sickos. Welcome back to another episode of the Outlast Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a fairly normal character that I felt like was kind of a good guy. But you don't really say that about Outlast. So we're going to be talking about Ethan. Ethan was affiliation with the Testament of the New Ezekiel. He had a daughter named Anna Lee, who's deceased. He has a cousin named Paul, who's also deceased, and an unknown grandson, or unnamed grandson. I'm not sure if the grandson's deceased or not, but at least now that Ethan, since he's dead too, he can be with his daughter and cousin on the other side and live in peace instead. So he died in 2013. He was murdered by Marta. He's a male, he has brown hair and brown eyes, and he showed up in the genesis of Outlast 2. So he said to Blake, I've been unborn, seen too much to keep the faith. So Ethan is a minor character in Outlast 2. He is the father of Anna Lee, the Jane Doe that Lynn and Blake came to Temple Gate to investigate about, as well as the short-lived alley of Blake. So Ethan is the member of the Testament of the New Ezekiel, but had some begin to lose his faith in the Testament after his wife became ill and had to be cast out. And after Solomon Noth raped and impregnated his 15-year-old daughter, Anna Lee, the final straw for Ethan was Noth commanding him to slice open his daughter's belly and kill her child. Wow, that's pretty sick. After proclaiming that she was to give birth to the Antichrist instead of doing as told, he urged Annalie to escape from Temple Gate and lied to the Testament followers of her whereabouts and tried to guarantee her safety. Unlike most of the residents at Temple Gate, he does not appear to be severely affected by the Murkoff Corporation radio tower experiments judging by his benevolent personality. After Blake tumbles off some cliffs, Ethan finds him and helps him up before any other Testament followers can find him. Ethan explains to Blake how he lost his faith over the unfortunate events involving his wife and his daughter, Anna Lee. Upon hearing this story, Blake realizes that Anna Lee is the Jane Doe that him and Lynn are investigating, to which Ethan begs to know if she is safe. She's dead. But Blake lies and says that she is fine. Ethan allows Blake to hide in his cellar and urges him to rest from his concussion, promising to keep him safe. After Blake rests, he wakes up to hear Marta interrogating Ethan over Blake's whereabouts, to which Ethan firmly denies and requests to speak with Noth. Marta doesn't believe Ethan and accuses him of being a heretic, damning him for refusing to give up his daughter to the testament and lying about knowing where Blake's whereabouts are, before impaling him with her pickaxe, killing him. After Marta leaves, Blake similarly wishes for Ethan to find his daughter in the afterlife and thanks him for not giving him up to Marta. So his physical description is, Ethan is like a middle-aged man of average status, with partially receiving brown hair and stumble, which is on his face, and has severe fresh bruises. More promptly on the left side of his face, as a small cut on his bottom lip. Ethan appears to wear a dirty four-button-up shirt, dark royal trousers, and a pair of brown leather boots. Unlike several members of the Testament, Ethan does not appear to have any deformities or repulsive features causing to be possibly inbreeding. I wonder how he didn't do that. Maybe it's because he knows about the towers, and he decided, like, I'm not going to go out there and get fucked. Because that was the same with Lynn. Lynn was not affected by the radio towers either because she was deep down in the mines, and the radio tower only hits what's on the surface. It doesn't hit deep down in the ground. 
So while everybody else is like, oh, she's got a baby and let's do this shit, then yeah. Marta is also sounds creepy as fuck. She sounds like a ghoul. Like she sounds like this. This is a weird sounding, bro. But the thing that I like about this guy is the fact that he hid Blake underneath the floorboards of his cellar. But you can also see up at him and Marta. And you can see Marta actually talking to him. And if you keep moving around, eventually, you know, there was a, uh, you know, a pillar that's holding up his house. She stabbed him in the stomach and lifted him up in the air and then dropped him down. And then as he was crawling away, she ended up just like hitting him right in the back. I thought she was going to cut his head off, honestly, but she just pretty much just stabbed him in the back. Pretty fucked up if you ask me, but it is what it is. And it breaks my heart to see that, honestly. It really does. It really does. And this is actually the first time we've seen a character actually speak. Blake actually speaks to him and, like, tells him, Thank you for not giving me up to Marta, and I hope that you find your daughter in the afterlife. Which is crazy because we're not used to our characters talking, you know? We're not used to, like, anybody that we associate with that's, like, Miles Upshore or Wayland Park is what I'm trying to say. Neither one of those guys talk. They claim they have dialogue and stuff, but as we're playing the game, we don't hear any of it. We just hear their heavy-ass breathing and their loud-ass footsteps. Other than that, nothing. Maybe some screams. You know, like when Waylon fell through the roof or the vacational block attic. You know, you hear a scream. And then Miles, you know, you hear his scream when his fingers are getting cut off. So besides just, like, grunting noises and their loud-ass feet and their heavy breathing, you don't really hear much from them. But Blake actually speaks, which kind of really threw me off. I was like, what in the hell? So, there's really not much about Ethan. He's just a minor character. Like they said, he found Blake at the bottom of a cliff, took him into his home, let him rest in his cellar, and then Marta came in, interrogated him, and then killed him. And that was about it. Left him dead on his floor. Sad. Looked like a cabin. It was like wooden floors and stuff. But like I said, man, I'm not really a big fan of the uh, Outlast 2 story. I just don't think it's as good as Outlast 1 and the DLC, you want me to be honest. I like being back in an asylum. I don't like being out in like, the middle of nowhere and some cabins and all that crap, you know. But that's pretty much the end of the story of Ethan. Sucks that he had to die. At least he, you know, can go be with his daughter. And at least Blake doesn't have to get any backlash. Because, honestly, he lied to the guy. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, your daughter's fine. Like, what if he found out that his daughter was actually dead and he found out Blake was lying to him this whole time and then he goes and tries to fuck up Blake or kill him? You know what I'm saying? Even though he's pretty fucking normal, still, you know, that rage could get to him. You know, especially after everything he's been through. The reason why he's all rugged up and shit is because he's been going through hell. Like, all these people are going through fucking hell. You know? So that's pretty much the end of the podcast. It's a very short one. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, and I will catch you in the next episode. Peace, fuckers, and stay safe.